You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man, as a two-time felon, I work really hard and I've been, a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Freedom Pact. Well, my guest on the Freedom Pact podcast today is software developer, musician, businessman, Julian Peterson. Welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So before we get into the interview, um, right off the top, a few people um, may be aware of who you are, maybe uh, not. I saw on a recent podcast you did with your sister, she described you as the elusive Peterson. What does she mean by that? Well, I think that she means that I uh, didn't want to come on her podcast for a really long time and she was she was better about it. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I think that I just kind of live a more private life than uh, than the rest of my family. I think my mom, more by association with my dad, has is a little bit more in the public eye and and Michaela um, has always kind of enjoyed. Um, she's a little more extroverted than me. She enjoys um, speaking out a little bit more. So I think that you know, it was just more natural for for her and 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 certainly for my dad they're kind of the two go-getters in terms of being being public uh so i just kind of um never felt like it was something it wasn't really a goal of mine um to 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 end up in the public spotlight in in any way and it still it still isn't uh although um like i said in that podcast it was more as uh, because i was just living life you know i was starting a family and and starting my career and and doing all those things and and those were taking priority and um yeah well when i uh spoke to your your mother on this podcast i had a similar sentiment um in that you said that you've had real no interest in being a public persona because you didn't think you've done anything yet that deserved that so now you have is it fair to say that meaning and purpose is very important to you and always been at your core yeah I, I think so i think so i mean obviously growing up in uh my parents house uh, it was uh it was kind of instilled into me from a young age that that was uh always something that that you needed to be pursuing is is, is something that's meaningful um and and that that was kind of the best direction that you could that you could point in in your life and so yeah, when I said I didn't really have much much to say yet is is because I was trying to find I guess you know trying to find exactly what I was what I was going to do you know I was young young man's twenties still figuring things out building building a relationship with with my now wife and and starting a career as a developer and doing all those things and and so I wanted to if I was ever going to say anything publicly I wanted it to be about something uh, certainly important and something that I. Uh, have at least some experience and knowledge about um so that uh so that i can talk about that and not about uh and not about uh myself or 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 at least not uh not in any shallow way yeah no that's really commendable because i imagine in in your position um you know coming coming from a family like yours it would be very easy for you to to put yourself out there and 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 be invited onto so many podcasts like this news outlets i imagine many people have reached out to you in the past just by association but now you've actually done something to um sort of scratch that itch of meaning and purpose what was your own um personal motivation behind the creation of essay yeah so there's a a, a number of different motivations i think that kind of led into wanting to do that project um i started I started doing kind of software work with with my dad and his his team a few years ago. We were building online education uh, tools, and we were trying to build a platform for it. Uh, and th that project never really came to fruition in the way that I had imagined it. Uh, but kind of midway through developing it and, and building it, um, we we thought, okay, it's actually time to narrow this down because uh, we we're kind of getting lost in our own ideas. So um, I noticed that 
150,000 people had downloaded my dad's essay writing guide from his website. And, and I thought, well, that's as good of an indicator as any of, of uh, kind of a market need. And I also have always been interested in writing, interested in communication. Um, and and it's, it's something that good writing and, and quality communication is something that is, is so necessary in the time that we're living in. I mean, people are writing all the time. They're, they're writing emails, they're writing messages, they're using social media to communicate. And so much of it is quick and, and um, not very thoughtful. And, and so building something that's geared towards thoughtful communication, deep thinking, uh, and, and, and thinking about important things, things that motivate you was just something that I thought would be a, a wonderful thing to kind of bring into the, the world and, and, and see what comes of it. Mm. Yeah. I, when I saw you on, um, on the podcast, I mentioned, I remember, um, my co-host, uh, messaged me and said that, you know, you, you have to listen to it, uh, because he said this, this Julian guy I've never heard of he's got a lot to say he's very well spoken and i and i went online and i i was reading the comments and a lot of people uh shared that sentiment so i'm really glad now that you you've got this to be able to to come out and, and share your message i think you're, you're brilliant on so many topics just as you mentioned the um essay if you could just explain to people who, who aren't familiar or maybe hadn't seen that podcast that you did what it is exactly at its core and what you think that something like that can bring to the world yeah so essay is a uh it's a writing platform it's kind of a word processor uh and the the goals that we had while building it were to, to help people think through the editing process structure the editing process um and and improve the way that they write and so most most writing tools now there's a ton of wonderful writing tools out there but most of them have have two different things that they do is is they give you a ton of formatting options or they give you auto correction or auto suggestion features and so uh, they help you make a good looking document and then they improve your writing for you and both of those things are immensely useful but what they're not particularly useful for is teaching someone how to communicate effectively um they actually kind of take away from building that skill and and so what we've tried to do with essay is make a piece of software that still allows you to use a word processor in a, a sort of natural way, but where the motivation behind the app is to improve that aspect of writing. The part that's about figuring out your own thoughts, structuring them, rethinking them, removing them if they don't make any sense or if they don't fit in with the general topic. Um, and so it's a platform that has right now four different main tools or or ways of interacting with it um there's the outline tool which helps you outline your your main ideas when you're writing and and it's not despite the name it's not just for essays you can write pretty much any um relatively short or long form uh documents in in the app but uh outline is is for breaking down your idea uh into into topic sentences and so things that you can expand upon uh, and so we have a tool associated with that. And then we have a production tool. It's called, it's called produce. And in there, it's all about, it's all about just pure production, pure creative production. Uh, one of the, the things that my dad liked to talk about uh, when it comes to writing is how, is how the production of creative thoughts and the, the kind of discrimination between good ideas and bad ideas and well-structured ideas are, are separate are really separate functions in your brain. And so doing them at the same time is counterproductive. And so we wanted to design software that made it more natural to separate those concerns. And so we have the produce tool for creative production. You're not supposed to edit there. You're just supposed to kind of get your ideas on paper. Uh, and then we have the rewrite tool. And so the rewrite tool is designed for uh, structured editing. Uh, and what it does is it breaks down your documents into sentences. And so you have a whole list of sentences and you can create variations of those. Uh, and so it's all about, it's kind of a, um, an evolutionary process because you can you have your initial ideas and then you can create variations of all of them 
and and then you can kind of go through and say, okay, which one of these works the best in the context of of the paper? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's kind of the core editing tool. And then we have a variety of uh, of features that use kind of drag and drop, so you can move your ideas around, play with their placements, uh, and make sure that everything is is structured in an optimal way. It's extremely fascinating um, concept, and a lot of people might be thinking right now on wondering what your background is and where did you really hone your skills and credentials to be able to build something that helps people with something so important as writing like that's a lot of trust um people putting you to to use your platform to 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 do something so important so where did you hone your skills well i'm not i wouldn't call myself an exceptional writer by any stretch um i did go to school uh, at University of King's College, and I did a uh, an undergrad degree in philosophy and contemporary studies, um, which is basically contemporary philosophy. So, um, and and then with a, a minor in music as well. Um, so I did write a lot. Uh, the The whole basis of that degree was was essentially essay, essay writing. We wrote, I don't know how many essays I wrote, but uh, plenty, yeah. plenty. And 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 I had some good teachers um, when I was there, and. It was a small school, so you got lots of one-on-one time with with good professors and professors that knew how to write and knew how to think. Um, and so I, I got good training there. Um, and I ended up I ended that degree by writing a a, a long thesis about uh, the relationship between Heideggerian philosophy and and psychedelic and the psychedelic experience. Um, and so that was kind of my uh, so far in my life. That's been my main my largest and and most um, I guess, well thought through writing project. Hmm. And then I guess the other things is I've, I've always kind of been surrounded by academic writers uh, growing up in my, my household. All my dad's friends were university professors. Um, we knew authors and, and all, all these people where writing was a central um, force in, in their career and in their life. And so uh, I've just kind of always been surrounded by those people. Um, but in reality, it's not my ideas that are informing uh, the processes that we're building into the software. It's, it's, uh, it was based on my dad's ideas. And then we've drawn um, smaller things from other writing philosophies. And, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, look at, I, for instance, I've just been reading Stephen King's uh, book on writing, which has a ton of unbelievably useful uh, and practical writing advice that has been uh, very inspiring uh, to, to try to integrate some of these things into, into software and, and make them more accessible for people. You mentioned that that writing is something that is becoming, you know, increasingly present and, and important in, in multiple uh, shapes and forms. And I personally find that when I'm um, learning about a topic, when I'm reading, when I'm listening to a podcast, in the last year or so, I started writing newsletters um, for the for the podcast o- audience, where mm-hmm. I would like sort of regurgitate these ideas down on paper. And it wasn't until I started writing that I truly began to understand what I was talking about. Um, why do you think writing is is so important and so powerful? Well, I think it's, I mean, really, it's, it's what you just described. Uh, people are learning things uh, all the time, right? You learn things as you're, as you're engaging in conversation. Uh, if you read articles, you read news, you're, you're being approached by all these different ideas. And, and, uh, my dad likes to say, they're not, they're not your ideas, right? These are just ideas that, that you've uh, kind of absorbed from, from your surroundings. And so writing gives you the opportunity to, to make those ideas your own, right. To actually integrate them into your, uh, your knowledge and into your tool set. Um, so that, that's what it's great for. It's, it's great for, uh, after you've done your reading and, and, or you've listened to something that kind of really struck you then you can you can use the writing process if if you don't have an assignment or something you're writing on if you just hey what do i write about how is this useful to me in a in a sort of everyday way it's mm-hmm. yeah well you know if something if something catches you if you listen to a podcast if you read an article and you know it seems important but if you were to try to explain it to a child then maybe you can't right and so writing would allow you to be, to to harness the idea and be able to communicate it effectively hopefully to someone who has no understanding of it at all so, so it's a, it's an unbelievably powerful skill set. Amazing. So just to, to backtrack and almost take a sidestep here, you mentioned uh, your, your thesis 
what compelled you to to write a, a thesis on such a topic? Well, I there was a number of things. One, my dad had introduced me to a whole bunch of uh, of psychedelic literature at the end of my third year of, of university. He was really um, he was very into into uh, kind of exploring those ideas, uh, and he introduced me to a couple books. And then I was like, oh yeah, this reminds me a lot of some of the <laughs> weirdly enough, this reminds me a lot of some of the um, the the Heideggerian readings that I had been doing. And I was like, why is that? Like, what is this parallel? Um, and so, and so really it was just a, a parallel that I found between a few things that I was reading that I was surprised was there. And I thought, okay, well, this is a surprising parallel. It'd, it'd be kind of a unique topic to explore. Uh, it's fascinating, right? You get to, you get to explore um, consciousness and perhaps how it developed and and how it can be modified. And, uh, and then, Heidegger is a fascinating thinker. He's a phenomenologist. He's he's all about how we as human beings are interacting uh, with the world around us and and why things matter and and what what catches us. Uh, and it just seemed like a really interesting uh, I, set of ideas to to dive into. And um, it was also something totally different. Um, and I think that if you're choosing a, a thesis topic, choosing something that's unexplored is uh, is a commendable thing to do, right? It's it's really what you want to do with the thesis is uh, something something interesting that has has not been explored very very deeply before, and and yeah. it's interesting that a lot of um, a lot of philosophy now is becoming sort of popularized in the personal development business space. You see a lot of, uh, for want of a better word, business gurus citing Seneca or you know the Book of Five Rings or all these old texts. Is there any particular um, philosophy or philosopher that uh, you sort of go back to more than ever, especially now where you're entering such a uh, a crazy world, such as the business world? You know, I have not read that much philosophy in the last little while. I've <laughs> I have two kids under under two and a half, and so uh, I think that. Uh, they're they're offering all the all the philosophy that i can that i can handle at the moment but um but i think that the the philosophers that i've read that that connected most deeply i guess with with the way that i've experienced the world since since reading them are i mean heidegger would be one of them um because um because of the way he talks about meaning really uh and it was it was interesting because uh, my dad hadn't read a ton of heidegger when when he when he wrote his his books but um, but because I had been exposed to a lot of his ideas growing up, um, when I read Heidegger, I was like, wow, this is like, this is, there's a lot of similarities here. And, and I had been brought up to believe that the things that were important were the things that caught your attention. And so Heidegger goes into that very, very deeply, um, with a, a variety of, of concepts that he likes to, to write about. Um, and, and so his, his thinking uh, really impacted the way the way that I uh, understand the world and um, and then we, we read all sorts of very interesting things when I when I was in school we read uh, the pre-Socratic thinkers uh, there was there was uh, there's a thinker called Heraclitus and he I think this is one of his quotes is he he says you you never step in the same river twice um, which I thought was a, a very interesting idea um, and that kind of is is a, a tenant that you can kind of live by a little bit is, is you kind of can go into every situation with an open mind as in, uh, you know, the situation is always changing. You don't want to become jaded by your own experiences. Um, and, and so I thought that was a, a very cool um, aphorism that, that's uh, that I think all his, all those pre-Socratic thinkers, they were kind of one line philosophers and uh, very, very interesting and, and, and deep, deep thoughts. Yeah. How, how have you found the sort of transition through obviously starting this idea um you know building the software doing all the fun stuff that the stuff that brings you meaning and, and purpose and then getting to a point where that process you know reaches that switch where it goes from the creation stage to the business stage how have you found that crossover now yeah it's been tricky it's been tricky it's a lot of learning um i I really I'm not a, a business person uh, in in any way, or at least I wasn't until until very recently. So I've had to I've had to start to learn a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that I didn't have a ton of interest in before, but has turned out to be uh, 
you know, more interesting than maybe I gave it credit for. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been building a team for, for this product, which is, which has been very, very interesting. And so learning how to manage people, um, and learning how to maintain those relationships and motivate people, uh, has, has been very interesting. I've been <laughs> having to deal with taxes and budgeting and <laughs> all that, all that fun stuff. So luckily I'm not too afraid of numbers. Uh, so, uh, it, it works out all right, but, um, you know, in some ways I wish I was coding all the time <laughs> because, uh, because there's, you know, wonderful creativity that, and, and, and being able to build, to build products and to build ideas and to prototype them is, is, is such a satisfying and, and, and fun part of, part of product development. And so, uh, I definitely miss that. And, but I'm still involved in, in, uh, like more of the product management, the product design, uh, side. And, and I, I code probably a couple of days a week on this, uh, on this and I have other coding projects. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's been good, but, but yeah, it's been a tough, a tough transition, but also a very exciting transition. We have been extremely fortunate, you know, that I, I have access to, um, to kind of a connection network and, and through an, an audience that, you know, I wouldn't otherwise have if, if my dad wasn't who he was. And so, um, and so I've been really fortunate that a lot of, a lot of people have, have used, have used the software in its early stages and have given us wonderful feedback and been really engaged. Um, and so that part of it has been uh, unbelievably um, exciting and motivating because people actually care ab about this and, and, and we have a really wonderful early user base that's that's helping us uh guide the development of the of the product and and, and so that's that's what that's been wonderful you mentioned the joy in the the creative side and um earlier you touched on you you did a, a minor in music and i was listening uh last week to the ep you put out um i was particularly enjoying um so far gone i thought it was it was the the melody line. It was like catchy, but not predictable, which I always enjoy. And so, I just wondered on on a personal note, who are your sort of mm, sort of musical interests? Who are you? Who gave you that uh, that creativity? Where do you look to? Where do you listen to? Well, I've gone through a number of musical phases, I guess, with what I listen to. Um, my certainly my biggest early influences were. Um, kind of old school country, um, like Hank Williams and Hank mm. Snow and Johnny Cash and uh, Johnny Horton, Hanks and Johnnies. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, and then the Beatles. I listened to the Beatles like almost exclusively when I was uh, like, I don't know, seven to eleven years old. I I, I know their their catalog ri ridiculously well, and they were um, very, I guess, um, well they they were huge influences in the way that I, I understand music and listen to it. Um, and then later, uh, kind of seventies rock Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. That was my middle school, uh, and like Queens, the stone age and, and that sort of heavier, heavier stuff as well. Uh, and then more recently, a lot of kind of folk, folk and country I, I'm actually pretty eclectic. Now I, I don't really have a phase that I'm in anymore. I listen to I listen to pretty much every type of music uh, weekly, classical, jazz, um, like Billie Eilish and Post Malone or like uh, those guys. Those are like modern musicians that I find uh, exceptionally uh, talented and, and interesting. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but but I think as a kid, you often go through musical phases, which can be very influential. So I would say kind of Beatles and, and 70s psychedelic rock have uh, were and then country have, have all been influences in my own musical uh, kind of songwriting style. Yeah, I was picking up on that a little bit because what I was noticing is that the, the sort of chord progressions, the chord patterns almost sounded a little bit country folk, but the sort of lyrics didn't follow the sort of conventional sort of country song. It was a it was a big mix in there. It was really interesting to listen to. Um, oh, thank so you. So obviously you're a songwriter. What are the main differences in your process towards formal writing through your essays for example and when it comes to writing something like a song that just opens you up to this endless creativity yeah yeah i mean it's a, it is a pretty different style of writing for sure i mean with academic work you you almost always start with uh well i mean <laughs> if you if you know what you're doing you, don't, you always start with research right you, you you take notes you you read a lot um and you you learn something that you want to say about a topic uh, and so it always starts there and and then you kind of build on that. Uh, but with music, with songwriting, 
at least for me, I mean, people have wildly different processes when it comes to songwriting, but for me, I almost always start with uh, um, like a single phrase with a melody. That's kind of the starting point. It, it's, it's a, and it, you know, usually just comes to me kind of randomly. Uh, and then I have to like record it on my phone or, or do something like that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not that good at playing by ear. And so often I'll like sing something with a melody and then it takes me like months to end to find the right chord progression to go along with it is kind of annoying. It's definitely a, a, a part of my musical uh, knowledge that's lacking. Um, but the part that's similar in, with songwriting and academic writing, where I think the overlap is is more of the final stages. Um, so when you've got a whole song written and it's got a structure, um, then then it's really really helpful to do fine editing. I don't I don't think people do this very often with with their lyrics. I think I mean some people do, uh, like the way Paul McCartney wrote lyrics. Right, is he just kind of wrote sounds that went along with the melody and they were kind of nonsensical, uh, and then he would you know, build a story yeah. uh, after that. So, I mean, it is, it is something that people do, but, but going through your song line by line uh, and, and making sure that it's, it's a story and it's coherent and, you know, that, uh, that the cadence is works, works well. And it's interesting and, you know, going through and, and doing those small edits, it's extremely useful. And, and, and it's the same thing with, with finishing an academic project or a fictional piece of writing or really, really any writing is, those final edits are, are what makes can make something an, an excellent piece of art or work. Have you seen the, just a side topic, have you seen the Peter Jackson Beatles documentary yet? I've watched some of it. I've watched some of it. Um, and it, it's, it's great. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the, the maximum amount of time that like, that my wife and I can spend watching something is about an hour uh, mm -hmm. before she passes out. And so, <laughs> but uh, she has a she has a good excuse with a with a three month old. Um, no, sure. So so that was that one was a little long for us to get through. But we watched an hour of it, and then uh, <laughs> we haven't gone back to it since. But uh, it, it seems like a my, my parents watched it. And most people I know uh, watched it, and uh, it seems like they did a fantastic job putting that together. It's clear that so your creative side is 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 so important to you, um, and. I imagine that's something that you know may be instilled in you from your mother I, I remember when i was talking to her she was telling me about art and you know the importance of exploring your creative side um and it was really interesting because it was your sister who described you as a very structured organized individual which you wouldn't really put hand in hand with the creative type yeah well honestly that kind of kind of gets in the way of the creativity mm. there's there's a little bit in, in terms of my, my personality, there's certainly a little bit of, of butting heads that, that, that goes into it. I, you know, I have to, in order to be purely creative, I really have to kind of block out that side of me and, and, and try not to, to, um, to be self-critical or to, to edit as I go and, and just, just be creative. So I don't, those things certainly don't complement each other. Uh, usually, you know, the best, best, the most creative people are generally not the most organized people. Um, and, and so, yeah, but 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 yeah, fairly fairly organized person. I I try I try my best anyway. Uh, I don't know if she was talking about uh, organized as in like I have an orderly space or mm. that I have an organized life. I think that um, I think maybe I'm a little stronger in in the the organized life area. I, I tend to have uh, uh, hobbies and and family life and sports and music. And I have a good I have a good variety of of things that I that I do to keep myself sane. <laughs> And you, I mean, people will, will notice you, you've touched on him a couple of times already, but you've, you've spoken openly about family and how you always knew you wanted a family from, from such a young age. Why was that something that was important to you? And how do you reflect on that now being in the middle of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was, you know, when I was young, when I was a teenager, early twenties, it certainly wasn't something that was, uh, that was really motivating me. Um, I, I don't think that's, uh, I think it's an extremely rare young man. That's like, I want a family now, you know, I, it's pretty uncommon. And, and it was no different for me. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, gunning, you know, I wasn't running towards having a family right away, but 
but I, at the same time, all my uh, romantic partners, all my <laughs> really wanted family, it's like, it's it just like, for some reason, I gravitated towards, uh, towards women that uh, they were very family oriented. Um, and so, well, that, that's really what led into it is, is my wife um, wanted kids. And, and I think as a, as a man in, in your twenties, there's a lot of reasons not to have kids, right? There's always a lot of reasons. Uh, in fact, I think most people will find that it's never exactly the right time or never feels like the right time um, to do it. it. It's kind of a leap of faith that you have to take. Right. And, and having kids is a, is a, it's a long-term investment, right. Um, you know, when, when you get old uh, you know, when you're 50, you're not going to be clubbing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's going to be nice to have a connection to younger generations. Um, and, and so it, it's a, it's a long-term thing. And um and so that was part of the reason that I decided, yes, okay, I will agree to to have kids uh, at at a young age because that means that when I, um, you know, when I'm middle aged and I'm in my forties, then then I'll, you know, first of all, I'll still be young person when I can see my kids grow up and 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 be relatively healthy with any with any luck. Um, and so that was kind of what went into the thinking of yes, I, you know, I can do this now. Um, but but now that I'm in the thick of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. It's, it's a very complicated uh, thing to explain, right? You're very busy. Um, it, it changes things dramatically in, in terms of uh, what your priorities are, uh, what your freedoms are uh, and, and, and all that. But, but little kids are, are also unbelievably fascinating little creatures, uh, you know, watching them, watching them develop is, and being a part of that development is, is one of the most, I'm sure, fascinating things that uh, that a person will do in the, in their lifetime. You know, my my son is uh, he's about two and a half. We just potty trained him, um, and he's his language is developing so quickly, and and in a fascinating way. It's just so cool to watch every day. New sentences, new expressions. Um, <laughs> It's also kind of upsetting because you know he'll start to use expressions that that my wife and I use and and uh, and we're like oh dude like which one of us says that well, like who's <laughs> who's the one that's always you know asking people where they're going and what they're doing and like what's where's this come from and then you start to like look inward and you recognize your own communication patterns and it's uh, it's it's just a very uh, it's a, a very interesting thing and um, and I would say that. Uh, that it's it's going very well for us so far. We're 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 thrilled that we uh, that we're doing this uh, as as young people, and and it's a it's a very cool adventure. I'd I'd recommend it to anyone who uh, who is well positioned uh, mm. to do it, <laughs> and even most people who 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 aren't but for, but for want sure. kids. <laughs> well, it's interesting. My I I'm sure. He, well, he may not like me for saying this, but my brother um, before he had his first daughter he was a very sort of lackadaisical kind of person didn't really have you know I didn't really have a lot of purpose didn't really have a lot of um you know it wasn't sort of his beliefs weren't so outlined but ever since I he's had his his daughter just from a, an outside looking in I, I've just started to notice that you know his political beliefs have almost started to to become more defined his you know, his outlook on life seems to have brightened his, you know, he seems to be more motivated. Do you find, did you find a similar experience when having your first child? Yeah. I mean, well, it was a very weird time when, when, uh, when my son was born, it was, uh, he was born in May, 2020. And so, uh, like we just didn't see it. We, we were in, we're in Toronto and there was lockdowns here forever. So, um, so it was pretty much just my wife and I and, and our son for the first year of his life with, uh, you know, other people watching on from a distance. My mom was there fairly often. She was kind of the only uh, person and like two friends uh, that, that was in our circle. So, uh, so it was, it was pretty, it was pretty weird time to have a little kid. Um, but, but in terms of the way it changes your, your priorities and, and kind of focuses you as a person, absolutely. It does that um, it, because you're not thinking about yourself anymore right politics becomes a lot more relevant if you're if you're thinking about your children in the future uh you know and and, and about your community and and having a family it it places you both in the future and in your community uh and so politics 
and having uh, you know clear priorities there certainly uh, becomes more necessary, um, and 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 so so definitely does that and and you know you want to have a good career. You, I mean, you need to right. Life becomes more expensive and and you want to support your family and so that you need to do that and it really sets your priorities in order uh, by necessity and 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 grows you up as a person so certainly for people who who lack direction um you know it's i wouldn't say that you know have kids to, to find direction but it's one of the things that you can do if you if you have the right partner and 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 you can't think of you know a fantastic you know you have to think of a really good reason not to right like yeah. uh, i i think i think if you have the right partner and you both you both want a family and it can have it can have great effects on 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 you individually yeah so purpose has been a quite a prominent theme of this conversation so far i wonder what advice you would give to sort of young people out there who may be feeling lost who may lack purpose lack meaning and and find uh, it difficult to define what that is to them what advice would you give to those types of people well i think that the most straightforward way to to learn what motivates you and to find to find purpose is is to to listen and read people who you find motivating and interesting and ideas that you find uh that you find interesting so you know reading reading great things, you know, things that have historical significance, um, that even, you know, even great fictional books, um, those, those things I think can, can certainly, um, direct you and, and give you meaning and purpose. Uh, also just finishing things, mm. you know, I think that that's something that, that a lot of, uh, young people, uh, who kind of flit around between things, um, suffer from is is they do three quarters of something and then they quit and you just don't see the payoff then right like it, it's it's much it's much much uh more effective for 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 your development to to finish projects and 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 you know finish the degree see where it takes you finish the the, the album and see what happens with it finish the piece of art what like whatever it is you're doing even if it's not the thing that you think is you know the thing you want to spend the rest of your life doing, finish it and 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 see what the outcome is. And it's wonderful training to <laughs> to start something and then finish it. That's uh, you know if you can teach yourself to do that, then you're going to be very well positioned. <laughs> no, I love that. It's a great great piece of advice. Um, one thing that that fascinates me um, about families like yours um, is that there's obviously something in there. Because I think your family's produced a, a number of of good thinkers. I think that's you know that's that's undeniable, uh, no matter what anyone's opinion is. I wonder what you can attribute to, I don't know, maybe your upbringing that has helped produce that within you, within your sister. Is there was there something in 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 your upbringing or, or something that you can point to? I mean. There's a couple things I think that that make it more likely that that you grow up with, um, I guess, the ability to communicate and interest in ideas and 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 that sort of thing. I mean, we were certainly a family that was that we're, we are communicators. We're we're extroverted. There was a lot of a lot of talking going on <laughs> in our house growing up, um, and so and and talking about deep things. Usually, my dad. Uh, treated us as kids and and both my parents did we they treated us like we were uh not adults but certainly uh human beings and mature human beings um and i think that if you introduce your your children to uh to the idea that they can they can communicate about important things and that they can develop their um opinions and 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 those sorts of things and and are free to communicate them, then that's a wonderful way to, to build those skills. And, you know, we always had dinner together as a family and we had these little traditions we had, uh, that, that allowed us to, to build our communication skills and, and to feel respected. And, uh, and so that was, that was one thing. And my dad also, um, had a huge focus on negotiation as a skill to develop in, in, in children. And so that was something that, that I think we were 
that we were brought up on is is learn how to negotiate because that's going to be um, the biggest the thing that makes your the outcomes of your life uh, way better, right? I mean, relationships, careers, um, pretty much anything uh, that, that you do in your life is dependent on your ability to negotiate. So um, I think that was instilled as a really important uh, skill set to to develop when we were kids. So um, that worked, and and then you know just kind of a general orneriness and personality. So you know we uh, you know uh, that that kind of makes makes you more likely to to want to communicate with with other people is, is is that you feel strongly about your your own beliefs and 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 that sort of thing so so i don't know if that suits suits uh suits me as much as uh my sister and my dad but uh but uh yeah i think that our, our family is certainly like that i think for a lot of uh for young men um even when they go into that sort of angsty phase it's quite um, common for them to maybe not want to listen listen to the advice of their parents or for young men to, to not want to listen to the advice of their fathers. Um, and in, in your situation where your, your father's produced, you know, multiple books that have affected so many young men, did you find that something that you were able to, to look to, to learn from those types of books? Or did you tell was it kind of hard and found yourself to sort of disassociate yourself from those? It, it, it's hard really, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it's a strange thing. I mean, I think I was fortunate that I wasn't super young mm. when that all happened. You know, I was in my, I'd finished my university degree. Um, and, and I already, I was already in a relationship with my now wife. Um, and I had started building my, my current career at that point when he, when he, uh, when he started to get famous. And so I think I was quite lucky to be grounded in those three areas when, when things went crazy for my family. Uh, and that, that did help me. Um, but in, in terms of, you know, taking advice from your father, you know, I, so I think you do, you certainly do that more as a child than as an adult, mm-hmm. you know, when, once you become an adult, if you have a, positive relationship with your parent then well hopefully hopefully you're not just listening to them and and doing what they say um you know hopefully you can communicate with them as an adult and and you know negotiate and figure out where you stand and and be introspective and 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 make your own way so i think that um well i think i i respect him as a father and and as an academic and as a thinker uh and so you know, but, but I, but I also, you know, look at everything with it and take it with a, a grain of salt and, and with, uh, and hopefully think through it in, in my own mind and, and, and make sure that it's in line with my own priorities. So, um, just hopefully, hopefully just like when I'm listening to anyone else, uh, I, I try not to teach it to treat him like, uh, you know, my father who I, who I'm, mm. you know, rebelling against. That's, that, <laughs> that's just, I'm, I'm, I think I'm too old for that. Uh, I hope. <laughs> well, lastly, on on uh, this subject of family, before we start to wind down, and I get into the the questions we ask every guest. In a situation uh, like yours, I, I you know I, I mentioned earlier, I really admired the way that that you've handled uh, yourself. Um, you know that you you you've done it with a lot of sort of a lot of integrity, a lot of humility. Um, there are a lot of people that would have taken you know the opportunity and, and and ran with it but you know you you've you've come in and, and stay true to yourself which i really really do uh respect i just wonder what comes with being the son or the brother of a public figure is there imposter syndrome in there is there insecurity because uh, i imagine from the outside looking in i know a lot of people think that must be all sunshine and rainbows but you know, when you, when you, when you flip and you're actually in that situation, I imagine it's, you know, it's not the case. No, no, it, it certainly isn't the case that, uh, that it's all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, you know, there's, there's positive elements of it and there's, there's negative elements. It's, it's been, it was a dramatic change in my family life, uh, in 2016, when, when my dad became famous, uh, you know, there were reporters lined up down the streets and, uh, and, for a very long time. And honestly, it hasn't, it hasn't really stopped since then. So it's been, 
six years of of uh, of not personally being in the spotlight, but but certainly uh, you know the some of the most important people in my life and uh, being in the spotlight and and so that's that's been difficult in a variety of ways. Uh, it's you kind of well you lose the relationship that you previously had with them mm. just because the whole context has has shifted um and so it's been a learning process and and something that you kind of i mean with all relationships you have to work to maintain them as as situations change and so this is just an extreme version of that um and so that's been tough you know that's it's not an easy thing to do and and when people get famous and and go into the public spotlight it's uh it's a it's a dangerous thing to do um you know so many people who become public run into issues with um well i mean just all sorts of issues you don't have to look very far on the internet to find you know a ton of examples of, of that going wrong um so staying grounded maintaining those personal relationships uh not not leaving all your uh old friends behind right i think that's a big one is 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 keeping the connection to to your community and making sure that that you don't lose that um that's been that's been a big thing for me but i mean there's been positive elements too it's been it's been wonderful to to see my my dad's ideas uh make such an impact um in the world because uh obviously they they were the the values that i was brought up on um a lot of them and so it's it's very cool to see those uh, be magnified and, and be taken up by so many people. And, and I think that over the last year and, and a while, we've been managing to find more of a balance, um, in, in the way that we manage our, our personal relationships as a family. And, and that's still a work in progress, but, but hopefully we can continue to, to, to build on that and, and improve, improve that, not, not, not lose it to the crowd. Amazing. Well, I really appreciate you you speaking on that. Um, I know it's not you know it's not it's not something that you, uh, you you probably love doing, but I really appreciate it. And as we sort of move now towards the end, there's a, there's two questions that I ask every guest that come on the show, regardless of the topic. And the first one is, what books have had a massive impact on your life? Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few. Um... Harry Potter. No, I'm just kidding. I won't, I won't talk about that. <laughs> well, I wouldn't blame you. Uh, I'm I did, a big fan. <laughs> I did read it, like all those books, like uh, I, probably like 40 times as I was growing up. Um, so certainly those would have a major, major impact in my life. But um, but Crime and Punishment was a huge, a huge book for me. Uh, I read it. I half read it when I was 12. And then I half read it again when I was 14. I, I guess I wasn't ready for it. Um but but then I I read it again as a as kind of a I think it was 17 or 18 years old. I was just graduating high school and um and and then I read a lot of the other Dostoevsky books. So um the, his his writing has been very impactful for me. Um and then I read I mean I read a lot of of, of fiction books as as well. That's that those kind of stories are are, are something that I that I appreciate, um, you know, I've read a ton of, a ton of self-help and, and those sort of more, uh, mm. more nonfiction books as well. But, uh, recent books that I've read that I've really enjoyed are, uh, where the crawdads sing. I thought that was a brilliantly constructed story. Um, that one gets a lot of hate online, but I, well, I think that's pretty unfair. My, <laughs> my, my girlfriend, just funny enough, she read it. She thinks she finished reading it yesterday. And she said to me that she, she loved it. She thought it was amazing all the way through right up until the i guess the ending she said it was a mm. a bit out of left field yeah 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 well i think the way the story wraps up uh you probably you do have to suspend belief a little bit like mm. uh but of course it is a, it is a story uh not all the detail is in there it's not like a totally unbelievable ending but yeah. but certainly isn't like it isn't um it's not something that you would have would have necessarily expected to happen. I don't want to give it away if anyone no. wants to, to read it. Um, but but uh, those are great. And then and then uh, Aldous Huxley's books were extremely uh, extremely 
interesting to me when I was when I was in my early 20s, the doors of perception. Um, and and a lot of a lot of his books, Brave New World, and and I, I pretty much read all, all all his books when I was in that period. And I think he's an unbelievable writer and and very deep thinker. So so his books were were uh, of immense value uh, for me. Yeah. Amazing. So the last question I have for you, and the answer could be anything. It could be you know it could be your work, it could be your family, it could be whatever. But right now, for Julian Peterson, what makes a life worth living? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always been uh, a balance. Now, uh, you know, so many things uh, in my life are meaningful right now. I'm extremely lucky. You know, I have a, a good relationship and, and little kids who are healthy and and happy, and and so those things are 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 wonder, wonderfully meaningful. And and but but the thing that makes me, uh, you know, a reasonable human being are are or making sure that I'm doing all the things that, that keep me who I am and, and keep me sane. And so I think that everybody um, should have a number, like a number of things in their life, life that, that keep them sane and that, and that are kind of individual to them. And, and so for instance, I think that people should have uh, like a, an active hobby and a meditative hobby at the very least, you know, something. And ideally there's, you know, one of those, has a social uh, aspect as well. So um, for me, I use, uh, I play hockey a couple times a week and I go to the gym. And so, so that works to keep that side of me satisfied. And then um, I play music as a more meditative uh, practice. And and so that's something I can just pick up at any time um, and kind of tune out the world. And, and uh, that, that kind of brings me back always. Um, so I think just having that balance of, of things that, that keep you grounded, as well as as well as the main meaningful things in your life like like family and career um i think that's what that's what really really does it and keeps life worth worth living love it well i know you're not a big social media guy but where can the these people listening connect with you find essay maybe even the site ep where can they find you and everything you do yeah, so if you look up Julian Peterson uh, on on Spotify, there is me and another guy. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so I my my EP is called Sight, um, and and that's on Spotify. And and uh, I think I have a I have a YouTube page that has uh, not very many subscribers, but it's on there too. And um, you can find me on Instagram. That's the that's the platform I use mostly for for social media. Um, Julian, you can just look up Julian Peterson on Instagram. It's the, it's one of those, uh, Julian Peterson one is the actual handle. Uh, and then for essay, you can find it at essay.app. Um, and it's got a two week free trial. So you can try it out and see if, uh, see if it is interesting to you. And, and if it's not, then we'd love to hear why. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Amazing. Well, I'll make sure all that is linked in the description below, including that two-week free trial. Uh, Julian, thank you so much for joining me today. I know you don't do a, a lot of these, so I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of you and, and the way you speak on certain topics. So it's been an absolute pleasure to, to host you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure.